Hello and welcome to Plot Tris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about The Hollow of Fear by Sherry Thomas. <laughs> we're so excited. So, so excited. This is number three in the Lady Sherlock series. This was published in 2018. And we're releasing this a little bit ahead of schedule for our romance adjacent series because the release date of book four was recently moved up. Yes. So The Art of Theft is now coming out in October. Yes. And so in order to give you our thoughts on that as soon as possible, we needed to give you our thoughts on book three a little early. Yeah. So as you can guess, um, we loved this book. It is flawless. Okay. As always, when we're talking about these Lady Sherlock books, we need to preface this by saying you can have read, you should have read the first two before you listen to this one because we are going to be spoiling the shit out of those two books right now. There's just no way to avoid it. The books are too intertwined. And we're saying this now before we even read the jacket uh -huh. because I spoiled myself on book two by reading the book three jacket Correct. when I finished book one. So that's why we're starting off with this. Um, so if you're tuning out now, read this book. It's amazing, but read the other two first. Yeah, and... If you've read the other two, we will avoid spoilers to the best of our abilities here and definitely warn you if we are going to delve into yes. them. Um, okay. It's going to be hard to stay spoiler free. Yeah. Yeah. Real hard. Hard. <laughs> we love this book. We loved it. Um, but yes. let's start with the jacket now that All you right. have been warned. Yes. Under the cover of Sherlock Holmes' consulting detective, Charlotte Holmes puts her extraordinary powers of deduction to good use. Aided by the capable Mrs. Watson, Charlotte draws those in need to her and makes it her business to know what other people don't. Moriarty's shadow looms large. First, Charlotte's half-brother disappears. Then, Lady Ingram, the estranged wife of Charlotte's close friend Lord Ingram, turns up dead on his estate. And all signs point to Lord Ingram as the murderer. With Scotland Yard closing in, Charlotte goes under disguise to seek out the truth. But uncovering the truth could mean getting too close to Lord Ingram and a number of malevolent forces. <laughs> okay, so you can see how reading this jacket yeah. before book two, without knowing anything about Lord Ingram or her brother could be very problematic. Was more of a giveaway than I wanted. Yeah. It's not spoilery for this book, really. No. But it does have, you need to have read book two before you read this jacket. Yes. Um, I don't know what, how to do this, Meg. <laughs> so. Okay, okay. Let's okay. talk about. Let's talk about the end of the second book. Yes. Let's talk about their, chem and Ingram and Charlotte in book two. Yes, let's do it. So in book two, she is courted by Mycroft Holmes. Yes. And he gives her puzzles to, to solve. solve as part of his courtship. And simultaneously, she's wrapped up in a murder investigation currently happening that turns out is, is related to Moriarty's gang. Right. And who gave her that investigation? Lady Ingram. So Lady Ingram comes to see her. Yes. And says... I need you to look up my old lover. We put messages in the paper every year just to walk past each other. Mm -hmm. And he missed this year. He missed this year. And the person she accuses of being her former lover is, is Charlotte's, Charlotte's brother. Yes. Her, Illegitimate half-brother. Correct. 
So, I mean, already this book, you can tell, is, like, very convoluted. Um, it was so good, though. But in the best way. And so Charlotte and Ingram are spending some time together throughout yeah, book two. They are. the investigation. But Ingram is also off spying. Ingram is off spying. But at the end, Charlotte... Charlotte feels very conflicted through all of book two, but whether or not to tell Lord Ingram about her involvement with Lady Ingram. Right. She ultimately decides not to. Until the very, very end. When she realizes that Lady Ingram's story was a complete fabrication. Right. And that she works for Moriarty. Mm-hmm. As does Charlotte's brother. Mm-hmm. And Lady Ingram made up the story for Moriarty to attempt to track down the defector. Yeah. Because... Charlotte's brother has gone into hiding. Yeah. So this is a real sleeping with the enemy situation for Ingram. Yes. I'm, although I guess they haven't been sleeping with each other for a while. <laughs> but, I mean, they're still married to each other. And she has had access to his um, office, his library, everything. And so she's been spying on Lord Ingram for Moriarty. Yes. And there are a couple of things that book two does crazy well. Mm-hmm. Plot-wise, the reveal of who her brother is at the very end of the book was handled so well. Really good. And the courtship between Livia and the man they suspect of being their brother, but are in fact incorrupt about, is so cute. And it's, I mean, it's so great when she thinks it might be her, her brother. brother. It's hilarious. It's, it's really good. And you know, yeah, we talk about these books a lot as being like kind of... And they are. There, there's quite a bit of angst and, like, mm -hmm. relationship drama and things like that. But they're also very funny. Yes. Really good comic relief. But I think for the purposes of this a romance-adjacent podcast... Yeah. What needs to be discussed is Charlotte and Ingram. Right. And unlike book one, there is no soul-shattering kiss. There is. That is correct. However, there are two conversations... Yes. ...and declarations of understanding... Yes. ...that are devastating... Yes. Lee perfect. The, both devastating and perfect. The first. I don't remember chronologically which happens first. Whatever. So, plot-wise, Charlotte makes the decision that she has to tell Ingram, clearly, that his wife is yeah. an enemy spy. And Ingram says, I wish I'd never known you. Yeah. And you can tell as she writes it, like Sherry Thomas doesn't, want you to believe Ingram means it. Yeah. Like, he's grateful for the information, and he loves her, but the fact that his terrible marriage is going to have to end because of this information from Charlotte... Yeah. ...kills him. Yeah. And so, the second, and more romantic... Yeah. ...is Ingram expresses that, you know, he didn't mean it. Yeah. And Charlotte asks him why he was encouraging his brother, to court her. And he says, well, I know that you're never going to marry any man who asks you. You're just going to show up one day and tell him, we're getting married right now. And Charlotte's moment is like, oh my God, this man knows me He so knows me. well. Like, this is true. And it's so, this book is also when they both really think about what the other means to them a lot. Mm -hmm. And Charlotte, as unemotional and detached from most people as she is, really starts to articulate to herself the depth of her feelings for Ingram. Mm -hmm. And it's done in such an authentic, non-anachronistic way. Mm -hmm. I, Sherry Thomas is so talented. So good. 
Like, I wanted to die with the sexual tension of the romance of this, and these characters do not touch. Yeah, they have, like, coffee with each other in a coffee house. And stand on a balcony. Mm-hmm. And not at night. Nope. Like, it's not a sexy balcony. No, no, no. And this is, I'm not talking about a coffee house that's closed and they're investigating it. Like, they are sitting in full view of all society. And his brother is courting her. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet, at and yet. At his, so... Mycroft is courting Charlotte at Ingram's. Not encouragement. Yeah, that's not the but right, with but. Ingram's knowledge. And, and complicity almost. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Because he, he even says to Charlotte, maybe you should marry him. And in fact, in this book, so this is another one, Charlotte agrees to marry Mycroft. But. But she agrees with the knowledge, because, of course, this is Charlotte Holmes, who knows all, with the knowledge that when she solves his mysteries, he will not want to marry her. Right. And she's correct. And she is correct. Because Mycroft realizes she told Ingram before Mm -hmm. she told him about Lady Ingram's Mm -hmm. complicity. And he realizes that Charlotte's motives will never be his own. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which becomes even more clear in book three. Yes. So let's talk about The Hollow of Fear. I finished this book at 11 at night and immediately texted Lane that she needed to read it. And And I was waiting on it from the library, so I didn't even have it. And then the next day, I went to text her more about this book. And I tried to call her at like 6.30 in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, it was fine. It was totally fine, you guys. When we were like, yeah, this is fair. Like, this is what happens when you read The Hollow of Fear. So that said, guys, when you read it, you are going to, it's going to blow your mind. It's like I think truly I was like basically blowing. live texting you. Yeah. I read it so fast. Yeah. It, it, is, it is truly like mind blowing, this book. Um, so the, one of the things we can say without spoilers, because this is part of the promo material for the book, is that this deepens the relationship between Charlotte and Ingram. And so going off the jacket... Lord Ingram is the main suspect mm-hmm. in Lady Ingram's murder. Mm-hmm. Clearly, as one of his dearest friends, Charlotte wants to do everything she can to clear his name. Yes. And so she goes to the where his country estate, where right. this, all of this is happening, where luckily her sister is staying as a house guest. Yes. Um, and yes, out of complete... Um, coincidence. Coincidence, because he, she was not invited to no. Lord Ingram's house. Ingram was not having a house party. It but, was a neighbor of his who was having a house party. And because of circumstances, that whole house party got displaced to Link mm-hmm. Ingram's house. So you've kind of got all of the characters, by circumstance, ending up at this country house location. Mm-hmm. And so Charlotte and Ingram are in close proximity. Yeah. And working together on the exact same case. Yeah. Because clearly both of their biggest priority... Is that Ingram not... Go to jail or get killed. His wife's murder. Which he did not commit. And which he did not commit. But also the biggest suspect as Moriarty, as Charlotte and Ingram Ingram know know from book two is Moriarty. Right. The last they saw her, Ingram was cutting her off and giving her a chance to flee because he morally couldn't be complicit in the murder or the capture of his his children's mother. Yes, yes, correct. Not his wife. That's true. It's his children's mother that, that like, true. gives him pause. And she was a good mother. And I think that was the thing. Like, if she had been a bad mother, I think he would have had no problems <laughs> cutting her off. But I don't think he could have slept at night telling his kid mom went away knowing she was dead. Yeah. So yeah, he yeah. makes that decision. So they both know the most likely scenario is that Moriarty is somehow involved. Mm-hmm. And they can't 
tell anyone that. Can't tell anyone that because of how they found out the information. Exactly. And if Moriarty is involved, obviously Ingram is a spy for the Crown. Yes. And so the Crown can't acknowledge that. So all Mycroft can only get so involved. Right. So there's all of this. So proximity, as we all know, breeds opportunity. This is correct. This is correct. Um, Yeah. So that said, um, that's what we'll say about that. It's, It's... there are more scenes in this one of Charlotte and Ingram than the other two combined. Correct. Like, this book is really driven by their relationship. Very much so. Also, can I tell you, this is only, this is in the first chapter, so um, I don't think this is a spoiler. Uh, Sherry Thomas puts in an explicit um, allusion to Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Where Charlotte visits Ingram on his estate, he's showing her around, and Mrs. Watson is there as their chaperone in quotations, and she was like, "You could be mistress of all this." <laughs> yeah. Yup. It's it's really good, and she like so not interesting only, choice of words. Yes, indeed. So not only is it an allusion to Pride and Prejudice, but Sherry Thomas is like. Watson, Mrs. Watson is thinking, I just read this in a book. Isn't yep. this romantic? I mean, it's it's well done. Very well done. The Loved whole, it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Loved it. This book also provides another secret identity for Charlotte. Yeah, so she's now Sherringford Holmes. Right. The Holmes family is getting massive. Yeah. Really. Right, because, because the thing is with Sherlock, Sherlock in the first two books has been established as this invalid who cannot leave his room and, in fact, is, like, so horribly disfigure that he can't actually receive anyone face to face right and so of course that means sherlock can't come investigate and so charlotte as the sherlock in of canon arthur conan doyle's canon sherlock proves herself to be a master of disguise (laughs) by becoming sherringford holmes yep it's so i will just say it's comedy provided it's really by charlotte sherringford is great but also, the things that men will discuss in front of other men mm-hmm. are very different than what they'll discuss in the company of a lady, even yes. a fallen one. And, okay, normally when we talk about carriage scenes, we're talking about one thing happening in the carriage. But I will say the carriage scene in this novel, there's no sex at all. But it is one of the most incredibly moving. Yes, it's very romantic. And romantic scenes that you will read. You want to... I know I've complained a lot in, like, recent podcasts, and I never know what order you guys are listening them to because we record them completely out of order. But I've complained a lot about missed opportunities for carriage hookups or, like, poorly conveyed sexual tension. Mm-hmm. This book is just sexual tension. That's it. That's all you get. so well conveyed. Yeah. Like... You nothing about this carriage scene. Charlotte is in the carriage as Sherringford. Right. And there's there are two other men in the carriage as there's well. There's four people in this carriage. There are four people in this carriage. All of them are men, except of course one of the men is Charlotte. Charlotte. So like and she's dressed as this Sherringford Holmes is a portly dude. I so I thought of Sherringford as being kind of like Poirot. Yes. Right? Hercule? Yeah. Yes. So Nothing about this situation is sexy. The chemistry between two of the people in this carriage jumps off the page. It's this it's really it's just well written 
and it as a reader it's like it's a fulfillment of a fantasy for you yes you know what I mean I think if I had one criticism of this book, uh-huh. I have none, you guys. I can't I can't stress to you enough that this is not real. I did feel like the secondary characters who weren't involved directly in the investigation suffered somewhat. Oh, maybe a little. Like less, less Mrs. Watson here. Yes, but that's and because this book really did focus on Charlotte and Ingram. Ingram. Right, and Treadles gets significant attention. Treadles I does. I feel like Olivia and her like suitor continue to be a C-plot. Yes. Um, but the one thing we, we talked about how much we loved the partnership of Watson and Holmes and that's prevalent here, but it's very clear that Holmes is playing her cards very close to her chest here because she's so concerned for Ingram's safety. Correct. Yeah. And that's great. Like it's not a real criticism. I wouldn't have done it differently. I missed Mrs. Watson a little bit. Yeah, sure. But that's, again, that's not a criticism. That's like almost, it's a statement and it's, it's, this is praise for Sherry Thomas because we want more Mrs. Watson. You know what I mean? So like she's written her so well. she's not in there. She is. It's not like she's a forgotten afterthought. It's just that by the nature of this investigation. Right. Exactly. Mrs. Watson can only be so in Charlotte's confidence. Exactly. So we mentioned Treadles. He continues his personal growth. In this novel, I think she just does a great job with him showing his growth, right? So he, so we've got, I feel like the first book is like status quo. Second book is like his whole life premise is like put into question. And then third book, he's got to um, reconcile it. So it's like, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Yes. Right? And this is, so thesis, antithesis, synthesis. And we're at the synthesis book. For Treadles. For Treadles. And I'm interested to see what that means for his involvement with Charlotte and Ingram going forward. Yeah. Very interested. Yes. And that's the thing, too, is like this, it continues the growth and it sets it up for more. Because really, his personal growth in this book is confined to his relationship with his wife mm-hmm. and not in a bad way like I was really glad to see it mm-hmm. and I'm I thought it was very well done but I don't necessarily think we've seen it applied to his professional mm-hmm. relationships yet and so there's still a lot of growing to do yeah okay all right we're, we're gonna talk about the ending but in the the this is a twist ending and I usually hate stuff like this because the twist ending does rely on there being information in your main character's head that you the reader don't have access to Mm -hmm. and this is this is like one of lane's pet peeves this was perfect it was perfectly executed it it was so good and like immediately like you you finish it and at least i was like oh my god it's the one that makes you want to go back and reread the book and reread the scenes re-read from this all new perspective. Three, though. Yes. Like this does a great job of building off of the previous books because there's even so this is not a spoiler. Moriarty is his network is somehow involved mm-hmm. in the mystery at hand in this book. And it makes you want to go back and read all the stuff about Moriarty's henchmen. Yeah. From the first two books. This is true. To yeah. apply context. Like there is and the second book with the story with his wife. And, like, you really want to reread the stuff Charlotte learns about her childhood. Yes. Because that becomes relevant yeah. in this book. So Sherry Thomas does an amazing job. This book really couldn't have existed without the first two. Right. Not to mention how perfectly constructed this book is. Yes. But then, like, truly, the ending is, uh, like, honestly, like a masterwork. Yes. It's like a masterpiece of an ending because it, it puts into question everything that you just read. 
in the best possible way. And the characters you feel like you've come to know. Yes. But in a way that does not seem inauthentic. Yes. And it, it explains things that you, like you thought you understood, but were like, that is kind of weird. And then all of a sudden you're like, <gasps> it's like a gasp worthy ending. And it's also a really interesting analysis of like the way people lie to themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. You definitely wonder a lot about perception versus reality. Like, this is a book that makes you think and not just because the mystery is so good. Yeah. And then going back, we, we do compare with the canon. I think part of the reason that it works so well is that in the stories, in the Sherlock Holmes stories, you don't know what Sherlock is thinking. So it's like continues in that spirit as well like how many times do you read a Sherlock Holmes story and like he says well this is it and then at the very end that's when he explains how he knew it that's kind of what this book is like right right you know so I feel like it also pays homage to the original adventures of Sherlock Holmes yes this is definitely the one that Charlotte flexes the mm -hmm. most in yeah so this book was wildly entertaining it kept me up way past my bedtime, and I did text Lane also way past... No, I was definitely still up. Well, I texted her way past my bedtime. <laughs> and I did warn her. I was like, I'm reading this book. You will know when I finish it. <laughs> and other people we know have read this book, and it was all we talked about for like a week. Yeah. This is... This is the best book I've read in the last 12 months. Yeah, it's, it, it's so great. And so we are... So excited for the art of theft. I and I don't know how you build off this. Right. Not just because of what a masterpiece it was, mm -hmm. but because where the characters end up. Yeah. That's true. Like I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, this this is true. This it's gonna be very interesting because there are Okay, so I'm going to take this to a to the non-literary world, but you know, you play let's say a video game where you're saving the galaxy and then you read So you're thinking of Mass Effect. I think okay, okay. Yes, I'm thinking of Mass Effect. Okay. So you you play a video game, the first episode is you you save the galaxy. You save everyone you know, and then the sequel is you you don't save the galaxy. You know, you and you're not working for, like, nice people, you know? So you're, like, you're playing the game and you, like, have fun, but it just doesn't compare because you're not, like, the stakes aren't as big. Or I'm thinking of Dragon Age 2. Yeah. Right? Like, the first one, you save the world. You save the world. And the second one, I mean, you, like, save a city, but, you know, that's not the world. Well, and it's, I think the reason Final Fantasy as a franchise was so successful because every single one... Saving the world. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous, but I also am so excited to see where The Art of Theft goes. Because The Art of Theft is... Okay. Without spoiling The Hollow of Fear, it simultaneously builds every conflict you've been waiting for to a crescendo and sort of hits the reset button. Yeah. At the same time. Yes. And so... You clearly don't want to read another book like the first one with everybody back to their old relationship dynamics. Mm -hmm. But some things might have to be. So it's just, I'm just so excited. Yeah, very excited. I have to buy this whole series in paperback. Like, I love this so much, I can't just have it on my Kindle. Yeah, 
Like, yeah. I can't. I mean, I'm going to buy it in Kindle, but that's because I can read it wherever I am. I There is something to me still about the tangible yeah. that I need for the yeah. best ones. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, but I am now at the point where flexibility and like being able to read this wherever I am in the world trumps physicality. I say this like I'm not going to just get it both ways. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, let's all, be honest. This is also true. <laughs> like, the, the option is also both. Yeah. Like, both. Also both. true. Also both. True. So, um, hey, guys, read it. And um, Sherry Thomas, we bow down to you. This was amazing. I can't wait for Art of Theft. And honestly, I can't wait for the Art of Theft review. Just so we can finally friggin' talk about Hollow of Fear and Fall. Yes. Guys, that one is going to be long. Probably, yeah. Because we'll have to, like, go through every moment oh my God. in this one. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying, then you can rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you next time.